You're listening to the Ecological Podcast, all about our positive partnerships with horses and other animals through work and play. Your hosts are Rebecca Bayliss from Little Green Stables and Kate Blackmore from Ecological Positive Partnerships. Another episode sat outside. It's a little bit cooler than it has been, but it's lovely. Um, We've just been having a lovely training session with Rum. We're going to talk about hide-and-seek today, but before we do, Kate wants to talk about what happened with our lorry loading session this morning because we have a um, special visitor. Now, those of you on Patreon know that I have a horse with me at the moment who is a client's horse. He's up for sale. It's been a bit of a tricky time for him. He reached a bit of burnout. His owner's also reached a bit of burnout. And um, he's here having a little bit of a... um, R and R, and whilst we figure out what to do and who's best to take him on, so he's quite—he's a performance horse, sports horse, seventeen-two, warm-blood thoroughbred. Um, done a lot of competitions, even through COVID, he's been out there doing his stuff and been very successful. But as I say, he's reached a bit of burnout, and he's quite high energy. He's also on his own, which I know isn't ideal, but he's shod. My guys are all barefoot. And I can't have him mixing with my guys, really, because he's only going to be here for a short term and I don't want to upset the balance to upset it again. So he's got about six acres to himself. He, he borders, does have vision. Yeah, though, he can, can see ours and he can see other horses. And um, I feed him his breakfast every morning. His owner comes and feed him, feeds him his dinner every night. He's got constant grass and hay. And also I give him a carrot just before I go to bed every night as well. So he's he's okay. But obviously because he's on his mom, own, <laughs> because he's on his own, he is a little bit more um, vigilant than he would be. And as soon as any of my guys come out towards his gate or his fence he obviously wants to come over and say hello so we were doing some lorry loading with the engine on and rum had loaded in fine and then sven came tearing up to the fence line behind him which of course um made rum kind of go oh i'd quite like to go and see sven because that would be much more fun than staying in this lorry mm-hmm So we decided to just give him a little bit of a mini jackpot in the lorry and then walk out and end the trailer um, lorry loading session. Do you want to take over from there? Sure, I'm just being positive. Because you observed it. Yes, so, yes. Um, So what happened was you you took him on the lead rope and went to bring him back in and he planted and he Mm. lifted his head and he put some tension on that lead rope. Now, what I love about this, and we (laughs) currently have a run, not the iPad run. Um, What I love about this is that this whole story at that time played out for me. Sorry, I'm just getting to that right now. Um, And it could have gone so differently. So what I saw was um, rum planting head up he really wanted to be with Sven yeah now if you had continued to put pressure on him and not let him go that could have escalated so quickly it was quite in my head I had this whole story of it could go really wrong and he could be rearing and trying to, and then it could all get really dangerous but what I just love about this training and Becky it was your instinct to just kind of go Okay, no, can you walk a pace? I'm going to click a reward. Can you walk a pace? I'll click a reward. And then he just relaxed straight away. 
head lowered and he was like okay yeah sure I know this this is um, really good stuff I have all these good associations so I'm just going to come with you and then you just really in a really relaxed way just walked back and then got him into the yard and I just love it when I see people default default the default is not tension not stress not um getting increasingly aversive the default is to do the complete opposite relax let you kind of like let the lead rein be a bit loose and trust in the power of the clicker training force and the power of the force and um and it was just brilliant and i just it just reminds me how how good this training is because it just it just is so much better to do it like that because no run was not like oh my god that was really stressful blah blah it was just to him another little like oh okay this is a little training Mm. thing we're doing and I think it does take time to to default to that it's very easy for us to escalate isn't it it's too easy for us to escalate and I think it takes time to de-escalate and um I'm pleased that it worked out that way (laughs) (laughs) but you stayed really calm you were yeah I did because I think um I think I just yeah I think I instead of pulling on the rope I just went back to him and just went okay we just have a little step and then we get that little step and that's enough and Mm. and that um that was yeah it was enough and it, it worked and it was lovely so yeah I mean it wasn't we didn't get as much done with the laureate as we wanted to get done, but we got enough done with, to say, you know what, this could have been a, this could have been a stressful situation, and you could have associated that stress with the lorry, but you didn't. So that's all good anyway. So yeah, and he, we've done quite a long session. So let's talk about our session. Yes, yeah, so we've we just have come out of. had a really lovely session of hide and seek, which I know a lot of people are going to say, why are you teaching your horse hide and seek? But it's kind of a form of recall, isn't it, really? And find me. And it's, it, is, it is really good fun. Well, there is. It kind of leads on to a more, a more serious thing, which I have been looking at this week, which is just, it's so cool. And that is, uh, that is, yeah. are, is. is search and rescue horses. Okay. So um, this whole hide and seek came from a video that I saw a couple of years ago, which was unmounted horses searching out people and Mm. I was like that's so cool Mm. that's awesome that's using scent work and stuff like that that's just brilliant hence why we started doing it and then I started looking more I went down so many wormholes this week I can't tell you um I went in to look at you know more search and rescue stuff how they train it how they do it you know what's the what's the um what's it all based on and um it's so cool. It's so cool. So predominantly, I mean, what I found was mostly in America. I think that's where we kind of... I think Canada do some as well. Yeah, and Canada. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, the advantage of using a horse rather than um, off-road vehicles is that horses can get to uh, really difficult places. They can walk over logs and stuff and they can get there faster as well. Do they use dogs as well with the um, horses? No, they don't. Okay, because obviously dogs do search yes, yeah, and are yeah, really good at absolutely. it. Absolutely, but. but it's more kind of you're looking at in the in the forest and in the outback. You know, mm. you can get to those places much faster, mm. um, and those difficult places with a horse. And you know, they're saying that there's not 
loads of research that has been done on the the power of the sense of smell for horses but they are they equivalent all from all the places that i i read it, it with that of a dog they're because, not it's not as great as a dog yeah. but it's not but their their nose receptors are like 100 times well, more than 100 times like 200 more times i don't know how many but they're much greater than ours their smell receptors but it's but, not as great as the dogs but the advantage of the horse is that not only can they smell on the ground they can pick up airborne scents up to 6 feet high and oh, sense wow. rise so that's and what also they're saying they're, is the advantage they're bigger too aren't and they so, you, so they can see yeah more. and then if you so the i looked at all mounted um search and rescue and then of course as a rider you can see you're at that higher yeah, place so yeah. that's one of the advantages yeah. of using a horse also um which i will talk a little bit about later there is this guy in america who now does um like narcotic detection with a horse so and the advantage of that is so if you've got cars Mm. for example that you're sniffing out for drugs a dog can only like it can be put in the back and stuff like that but a horse can the rims of the windows and stuff it's higher up so it can smell out the rims of the windows and and the whole search and rescue thing if it's far away and they're mounted they can cover the ground quicker as with you know the sniffer dogs they're amazing aren't they but we can't run as fast as they can yeah, so we're we're always pulling them back in such, aren't we? If they're on a, if even if they're on a long lead, the dogs, we're always like restricting them to a certain extent. As where if yeah. you're on the horse, you're just going at the horse's pace. Yeah, well, yeah. So it, I'm going to tell you a little bit how they train it. The, okay. The, the different theories of training, um, because uh, I looked at a lot of different videos and, and a lot of YouTube videos, and there are different places do it in different ways. Um, but yeah, because there's a certain amount of the rider does and a certain amount that the horse does. Okay. Um, so basically, horses create a scent picture in their minds. Okay. So when you are searching with the horse, what they'll do is you'll kind of have. Oh, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've just wow. got a little nibble. A little nibble there. Wow. Um, okay, so they, it's really important when they're training is that the horses are upwind obviously right, okay. downwind you start downwind. you start upwind okay hang on start again so the wind's coming towards the horse that's right, what you want okay, from yeah, the person yeah. so the horse so is down- upwind and the person is downwind no the person is upwind and the, the horse, horse is downwind, downwind. Yeah, yeah that's it okay so just say that again <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not sure that's right, Becky. (coughs) Okay, did you write it down? Well, I put upwind, but I don't know now. Okay, well, you probably wrote it right. But I think everybody knows what I mean. Yeah, so the scent needs to be coming towards the horse. Yes. It's going away, they can't smell anything. And what they'll do is they'll kind of have a search pattern. So the the rider and the horse will track back and forth, left to right, then right to left, and they're working their way from top to bottom. And then once the horse catches the scent... Yeah. The rider then allows them to follow, follow it. it. Oh. So how do they know that, that they're a horse? So this is the really clever bit. You have to know your horse really well. And this is why I really like this training, because it really takes a lot of observation. You need a lot of trust and you mm. need to, because you're dropping the reins, basically. So you need to have a really good relationship, mm. strong bond. Uh, all the stuff I saw was done through positive reinforcement, which was lovely. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So... Um, 
you have to observe your horse because horses will will um, react in different ways. So like we see with Rum, when Rum knows, he trots. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Some may just like put their ears forward. Some may slow down. Some may walk a little bit faster. All the search and rescue do it in just a walk pace because it's okay. Yeah, because obviously. Well, also I suppose they've got to concentrate, haven't they? And it does take a lot. I would think, wouldn't it, to kind of scan, smell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also some will change their just change their posture. So it could be really subtle changes. So as as their rider, you really have to know your horse. And once you've identified your horse's like I've got that scent. Yeah. Then you drop the reins and you let them wow. go over. So how do they so obviously let's go back to the beginning. So somebody goes missing. For example, let's do people, yeah? yeah? some This person goes missing. How do we train the horses for that scent? Well, this is the bit that I didn't watch when they actually did a real rescue. But they train uh, for the se- what The videos I saw yeah. was one of them was they would smell the clothes of the people, yeah? Mm-hmm. And they would smell the clothes of one person, for example, that isn't on the person. And there would be a line of people... And they would go and find wow. the one. Okay. Place, and they got it right every time. That's amazing. Yeah, isn't, isn't that it? cool? That's yeah. really cool. So that leads yeah. back to that to the essential oils on the mats game that yeah. I was doing with rum so a while what, ago now. Yeah, so what they did is they had a load of barrels and they had uh, they would give the horse the scent that they want. So it was lavender. So they would let the horse smell lavender and then one of those barrels they all had a, like a bit of carpet on but one of them would have the lavender on yeah and so then they would go and they would choose which one was lavender yeah. and they yeah. got it right every yeah. time and they had they had a yearling doing this as well well we did it with rum last year and i haven't done it for ages so we for ages i haven't done it for a while so we ought to maybe go and revisit it but we did it with rum with lavender so we had um uh, bits of carpet I used cream square of carpet to begin with and I just put lavender on that carpet and he'd go and find that bit of carpet and pour it, stand on it and then that was click and reward. Then I introduced a red bit of carpet, same size but obviously a different colour and first he would go to both and I would ignore obviously the red and then only reward the the cream bit of carpet with the lavender on. Then I put another red square and by that point he'd got the idea so he would go to the cream and then I put another cream bit of carpet up so he had two cream two red but only one of the cream had lavender drops on he went to the lavender drops every time there were and we we made it more difficult we put obstacles in the way so he had to climb over like the teeter-totter to get to the cream carpet he got it every single time there's no you know there was no um conning do you know what I mean it was so easy he just knew yeah yeah and it's something that Rum seems to really enjoy, doesn't he? He loves he he loves any um, seeking game. I suppose it is, isn't it? And hide and seek. It's a seeking game. Well, I guess it's a bit like it's a you find. Know, it's that seeking system. It's yeah, totally activating definitely. that, you know. And then it's find, and then you give a, a reward. Yeah, and, then, and that's how they do it in the training. Obviously, the person when they're training, looking behind, um, when they're hidden behind, when the horse finds them, they'll give a reward. That's like what we're Actually, doing at the moment. Yeah, the very first step that one group, the way they did it, is they would be behind trees. They would actually be there with a feed bucket the very first time. 
okay. and the person would be on the horse and the horse would just go and then obviously would know where the feed was because they weren't very far away. Yeah. And then they would smell the bee bucket and then they'd get the feed. And that was one of the first times that... Um, but that was a select group that did it that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're doing it we're doing it at the moment we've done it in the field and now we're doing it in the now we're doing it in the arena and so at the moment and we'll put the video up so at the moment Kate is stationing rum at a cone and then I go and hide and um, and then she, the, the, the signal is let's go he comes to find me and then he gets the reward when he finds me. And it's been really interesting because he will, once he knows he's got me, he kind of trots. Yes, he, so he I, you can really me. clearly see. So, so I was observing him today and you can really clearly see the way that he, um, that he knows his ears prick up. He's really obvious. His head comes up and he's like, yeah, okay, I know where mum is. And he'll like trot towards you. Yeah, he's very, it's very um, obvious and it's, it kind of, you can really see the, mo it's motivating for him, isn't it? It's motivating for him. And, and then um, what he sometimes does is goes back and checks the one where I was before, but that's only yeah, happened a couple what? of times. I'm, I'm really interested in that. So <clears throat> today, obviously, I mean, this upwind, downwind thing, right? I, I did lick my finger earlier and put it in the air and I was like, okay, I think that, that's right, <laughs> but I'm not sure. Is, is Brian really, still there? Because he'd know. <laughs> well, but it's he's really windy today, yeah, and yeah, I and that's not an that ideal. The direction was kept changing as well. So I actually think what happened there is, you know, Rum's rate of learning was so fast that he kind of did that whole. Oh no, she's there. Like he wasn't smelling. He yes, was, yeah. He was. Like, <coughs> he was relying on his, his memory. memory. Yeah, exactly. And <coughs> saying, "Oh, I know this." And I think that that's quite interesting for Rum because he, in his training, he does tend to do that. He's kind of like, "Oh, I know this, and this is what we're doing." And mm. sometimes it's not quite what we're asking him to do, and he'll just kind of presume that we're doing something. So I think, in a way, this will be really good training for him because it's like, yeah, don't always presume. Yeah, know. that's clever. Yeah, and I think the wind doesn't help. It certainly makes it harder when you do any of the scent work that... Um, I'm going to say her name wrong, aren't I, always? We always do. It's not even Rachel. No, it's no. It's really awful <laughs> that we're going to say Rachel, but it's not pronounced Drasma. Yeah. <laughs> well, Raquel. Raquel. Drasma. Um, her lovely book it does say in the beginnings don't train in high wind it needs to be really you know obviously don't train <laughs> in the wind. Really well, have we? so he has done <laughs> so really we well because it is windy and he, he, <laughs> and he does he did do really well and yeah I do think he goes from memory but that's lovely in itself in that he tunes into that you know so it's again it's that whole um, exploring how your horse is learning we know they learn from memory we know they learn from patterns we know that that's important but the hide and seek game is really cool because it's that you're upping the game again by yeah. saying don't always rely on your memory don't always rely on the patterns yeah let's rely on your own sense of knowing you yeah, know yeah, and, yeah. and exploring and finding and smell and I think that that is um yeah, that, it's a super game for that. And it is just, he loves, or he seems to love the game. And it's quite, it's horse-led. That's what I like about it. Yeah. There's not very much. Now he understands the concept of 
let's go and what that means it means go find something you know we had to train that manage that to start mm. off with mm. but now he knows that it's very much I like it because we just get to I get to look back and just observe him and watch yeah. him obviously you're crouching behind whichever tiny object or <laughs> in any tiny cardboard box that you can <laughs> but it's really nice and also you know fantastic for desensitization we're building his confidence and mm. that is one thing that they do in training is when they get further down the line obviously then they have the person laying in different positions because it can that can be a bit spooky you know suddenly you're yes. catching up but then you've got a, a person like laid out sprawled out they can I saw some footage of a horse was a bit like whoa I don't know what that is so they have to do a lot of desensitization work with mm. the horses and not all horses are suitable for it so some aren't very interested in it at all some horses like rum's a real people person and he loves you and you know you're his mom and and so i think that's what helps motivate him to to come because he he likes that interaction with people but obviously not every horse is like that and no. so and also you know you've got to think about how the seeking system is working mm. and how they're managed. And, it and all also relates about back to that the stuff. individual intelligence, you know, going mm. back to that rug um, experiment that Greg was talking about, some horses it took 11 weeks and some it took 15. There's going to be levels of intelligence in, in horses, just like there are in any, any other animal, and also sense of smell. Mm. My sense of smell is horrendous mm. um, because I have... I'm, I'm allergic to house dust, so I've constantly got funny nose. Well, the difference with horses with the um, scent tracking as well, with the search and rescue, is that they, um, what do they call it? Sensor fusion. So oh. they use all of their senses. Because you think their hearing's really mm. good. So that rustling, that they're always surveying, looking for that anomaly. So yeah. it's perfect when they're out looking, they can hear that thing or, you know, it, it just, so they use... Not just their their sense of smell; they're using everything. Yeah, they're to, using to everything combined to use. And how successful have they been? Have they? Are they? I mean, and they also don't use bridles. Oh, really? Because you don't want control. The least control, the better. Because when the horse takes over, so what are they using? They use, so Next they straps. use um, no, no, they use bitless. Oh, so they do use a bridle, but they don't. Yeah, they use bitless, a bridle. Sorry, not a bit. They don't use a bit. They absolutely use a bridle, but they don't use a bridle. Okay. That's what I meant. Um, yeah, so they use side pulls or whatever to... Um, okay. Yeah, so that they don't have... Uh, yeah, because it makes sense, right? Yeah. Well, I suppose... And that's it... why the trust and the bond has to be really good. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to interview somebody from... I, well, do you know what? I am going to try and find someone to talk to because I just was amazed by it all. Yeah. I just There's this one place in particular, it's in, in Oregon, that do it really well. So I think I might contact them and yeah. see if we can get them on a podcast. Yeah, that would be really good because we're loving doing the hide and seek and I think it is a really enriching game. But it is bringing out, again, all those other, the senses that the horse has to rely on and that's really important yeah and we you know we as humans we kind of we have these wonderful senses and we don't use them to our advantage and i wonder how many horses are the same there's the um blind horse isn't there what's he called? oh e e no the blind e it with e yeah e i can't remember but like he's oh God, he so i mean the work that she's doing with him is amazing and he's obviously having to use all his other senses and you do hear that don't you that um, people 
who are blind or people who are deaf, you know, the other senses kind of take over and become super good yeah. uh, because we were, we were more tuned into using them. Well, I wonder with our horses, this kind of work will just enhance, won't it? It will just enhance all of their senses. It just makes yeah, well, it so yeah, much and it's, better, more vibrant, stronger. And it's great enrichment as well. And do they go out in teams? Yeah, so, the, yeah, they'll be like five or six of them mounted to go they'll okay. go to get honestly i was like i was like i i want to do that yeah. <laughs> like, that is something i would love and what about to do. the people what are they trained in are they are they police officers or well are they... um no not all of them there are uh, th- there's loads of different groups some are police officers some are just groups of people that train and they're like independent but they're used by the the police for search and rescue um there's there's a couple of uh, guys, there's a website called Air, was it airsentinghorse.com. Now he seems to have been in the game for a long time, and he's the one that has the world's first narcotic uh, detecting horse. Wow. Yeah, and there's photos of this horse with cars and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, so there, there, there's loads of there's loads of different people that that do it, um, but it was just. It just goes to show, you know, I think from what I read, you know, a lot of people were sceptical about horses Mm, actually being mm. able to, but it makes sense. You know, you think about the way that their smells developed, you know, they have the vomeronasal or the Jacobson's organ, Mm. you know, which is really to enhance that sense of smell, Mm. you know. They really are cut out for this kind of work and, and working on that kind of terrain. I suppose maybe the reason why people uh, are sceptical about it is because of the prey-predator Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but if you think about it, as a prey animal, they are constantly surveying their environment. They're yes. constantly looking for anomalies in their environment. So they are actually perfect Mm. and then as long as you've built the confidence and that's why you need to do you know the training through positive reinforcement because if you did kind of more aversive trade based training you know it's not doesn't necessarily mean that your horse is going to be confident to do things you know because we kind of know what can happen if too much of it is used um so it kind of goes hand in hand doesn't it really Mm. So, yeah, because the horse needs to be able to be a leader, doesn't it? It needs to be able to say, I've got this. I know where we need to go. And where does that happen in in any training other than positive reinforcement? So they all use positive reinforcement? Yeah, from all the videos that I saw, they use... Now, I say that, actually, this guy did have a The narcotic guy. Yeah, I didn't look at it, but it said natural horsemanship on it. Oh, okay. But I didn't look at it. No. But all I didn't see his videos. I just saw his website and was reading about the history because um, he was saying how, you know, they horses have been used in, throughout history to, I think it was in the, um, the Native Americans would use them. And then, you know how Native Americans would paint their horses? Mm. If they had a circle around the horse's eye and nostrils, it meant that they're really alert, um, they have alert vision and a keen sense of smell. So with, through that, we know that oh. they were used for tracking. And in the 1800s, they, um, and I can't remember what the guy's name was, but there was a guy, <laughs> some war guy <laughs> in history, and they um, used horses to hunt for buffalo, to smell out buffalo. 
Wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, there are so, other <clears throat> other animals that we know. Um, seals and dolphins, right, mm. were used in Kuwait, in Iraq, to search out mines and yeah. other. Well, there was that big rat, wasn't there? That's just retired. That massive rat. He's not like a normal rat. Well, he is a rat, but he's a type of rat, and they're like giant rats. And he's just retired from working in Afghanistan or Iran or somewhere or Iraq. Was he? Did he search out bombs? <clears throat> yeah, he got a medal, and he's now retired. Oh. Yeah, bless him. But those are all prey animals. Yeah. The dolphin is a prey animal. Seal is a prey animal. A rat is a prey animal. No predator. Predator, sorry, they're all predator animals, and the horse mm, is a prey, yeah. and that's what that's what makes me think. You know, we think about, and again, I, we underestimate the amazingness of the horse because if we think about other prey animals like the rabbit, sheep, sheep, sheep are clever. My sheep are clever, but they they're not conf. They haven't got that. I think if I you click know. a trip, well, I am really, really hoping that I might get my hands on a sheep soon, that I can click a train, which I would Jess was on about do. getting a group of sheep. Yeah, you need that's more what than, we're talking about. You yeah. need more than one. Yeah, um, yeah, we're going to get a group, but I'm going yeah. to try, try click a training one. And um, Oh, you'll be in store, my little sheep, she's amazing. She'd be great at click training, but yeah. I just don't have time to do it. Yeah. But she follows me everywhere. She's as good as gold. She goes on, she walks on a lead. <laughs> she's fantastic, yeah. you know. So I think the sheep are so more I think clever than, and, and pigs. But pigs aren't necessary. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, they would. Well, pigs, just, pigs, they use pigs for snuffing out, sniffing out truffles. Truffles, yeah, yeah. So maybe we do use prey animals. Maybe we, I think we underestimate the prey animal then. I think in general we underestimate the mm. ability of the prey animal because, like you say, they've got to be really good at this because they've got to survive. Mm. So it's just about... I think probably we missed... We, we, under, we underestimated them because of... If we didn't train the way that we train and if behaviourists hadn't found out what they found out and things had changed, then maybe horses wouldn't be used because if they were being trained in such traditional ways then you know a lot of the time they're in that fight and flight so they can't but you you, yeah I I do see what you mean but you even think about what they do traditionally so like the horse that's staying with me what he's been doing his job cross-country show jumping dressage through high levels you know it's it's really 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 stressful but he's been doing it yeah okay now he's reached burnout but he can do it and that's a heck of a lot to ask any animal, but you're asking that prey animal, that kind of... Yeah, it's, it's but huge. If, they don't, if they don't have a choice, yeah, remember, they don't... It doesn't go in their best interest. It goes against their survival script to not obey, right? Yeah. They don't want to cause conflict. So if they've, they've tried it and... A, again and again it's been kind of like no you don't do that and they've received some kind of punishment then they will stop doing that and they will just submit conform mm. but it's, that's that kind of I know but it's still amazing like, what they can do yeah, you know without you wouldn't expect a bunny rabbit to do all of that no no not at all but, I mean I don't think that we know the true potential of horses still now though I no I don't think we do we're always telling them when they get it wrong and I think through this type of training, mm. we let them 
show us. They go, oh, I can try this. I'm going to try this. So, God, I, I think there's loads of stuff that yeah, I think definitely. Like a true potential of horses is not, not tip, been tip of the yet. iceberg. But I think with our hide and seek, we're going to expand it, aren't we? So we yes. are um, at the moment we're using cardboard boxes. We're using box pits of cardboard for me to hide behind cardboard boxes for me to squeeze in, <laughs> which is. Um, yeah, a bit, it's a bit daunting when you can hear your horse trotting towards you. You're in a cardboard box and you don't know whether you're going to get the head, head or the hoof. <coughs> so far, it's all been good and I'm sure it will continue to. And we're also using these plastic, um, I don't know what you'd call them, plastic sort of jump wing type yeah. things, which are solid. So, so I hide behind those. And we've done it in one field and we've done it in this school and it's been really successful. So now we're going to start... So the plan Making is... Making it harder. Yeah, so you've got a field with some trees in and stuff, and mm. that's what we're going to start Progress doing to. next. Yeah, exactly. Make and it more of a natural Then setting. you're going to make me dig a hole and lay in it. <laughs> yeah. And cover me in leaves. <laughs> and, then, and then I've got to roll in shit <laughs> yeah. and then lay in it. I can see this all coming, Kate. This is going to be really fun, Becky. Yeah. I'm going to stand here and say, let's go. And you're going to be covered in dog shit. And Rob is going to have to find you. Woohoo! <laughs> That's your plan, it isn't is, it? It is a little bit. <coughs> I can hear your wicked laugh. Oh, and we're going to so cover good. you with oil and then roll you down the hill so everybody sticks to you. And... Oh, my God. Could you imagine? <coughs> but, you know, then when Rum's going out and doing his, you know, on you're on your walks and stuff, like mm. out at other places, something you can be playing too. Yeah, we, can, we can certainly um, try it in the woods. I, at you some know, point, yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. I'm yeah. all about now. I'm like, right. I want to do this. I want to. I want to see more horses doing this in the UK because it is just so much fun. And you're going to have a go with your guys, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to try with the conquest. I'm going to. I'm going to have a think about which ones to try, and then I'm going to. I'm going to do lots of video footage, and I'll put it on our Patreon site. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I'm going to do it. I don't know which of our horses I'm going to choose yet because you know, obviously. This time of year can be quite a distracting time of year to... With all the greenery. Yeah, and and our conquest horses, some of them will just get distracted by that greenery. Mm, I don't blame sure. them, it's hard. Uh, yeah, it's a difficult one to find the right time of year because obviously the winter, then you've got the weather to contend with. But we do have nice days. So I think I think autumn, and, autumn is probably the best time, isn't it, on a nice day to, to kind of do it. But yeah, yeah, it's all exciting and we will obviously keep you guys updated. One other little trick I learned, but obviously we couldn't do that today as well, is that... Um, on a dry day, you kick the ground before you start yeah. to see the wind direction. Okay, but the we, dust. Don't, we have no idea why we need to see the wind direction, do we, Kate? Well, because we need to be <laughs> upwind or downwind. I understand that the I understand <clears throat> that the wind needs to be coming towards the horse. So the, so the, so horse, the horse has needs to be, be downwind, downwind. <laughs> and the person needs to be upwind. <clears throat> That's, That's right. it. That's it's it. It's like when you're weeing outside. Yeah. You need to make sure you're down with. I've never done that. I've weed so I just weed a minute ago outside. I never thought about being I think it's more so for wind. men because we squat. Yeah, so there's not bit, as much distance. No. It's a bit easier, but I think for men they never they never pee uphill, do they? They never pee upwind. I did get a little bit stuck. I didn't think about my knee at all. I went down and I was like, shit. <laughs> I know. How am I going to get back up? <laughs> oh, dear. So we will keep you updated with this. And meanwhile, we have loads of guests still coming up. On... Um, uh, yeah, it's really exciting. And also, can we just talk a little bit about what's been going on on Patreon? Yes, of course. Because you've just finished a series and or 
Are you, you're in the middle of a well, series, aren't you? Well, we sort of finished it, but we're kind of in the middle of it. So you're both right. <laughs> so, we, so we had um, a two-hour, two so two one-hour um, video conferences on horse anatomy and massage. So it's all about learning about your horse's body, the bones, the muscles, the fascia, how it's all connected, how you make your that how you can help your horse's body, how you can pick up on signs and clues that maybe that body isn't working as good as it should. Now obviously there is disclaimers there because you you have to work with your own yeah. horse. You can't yeah. work with anybody else's blah blah blah. And there are contraindications as well because of the animal's laminitic or any or pregnant or any heart medicine or you know we have to be careful of the contraindications but it's all about getting to know your horse's body as well as the mind because if we know that the horse's body is feeling good then we're a good way towards getting the mind feeling good and then with our training we just have these awesome fit fantastic supple flexible positive bodies positive minds so we're doing that and we started our little massage course. So each week I'm doing a different technique with my guys. We put the video up. We have a little chat with it, with the group. And they tell us how they're getting on with what they're doing with their horses. And we discuss it. And then the following week we have a new technique to build. So eventually by the end of it they will, they will be able to massage their their horses bodies but understand what they're feeling know the types of pressure to use on as in finger pressure you know yeah. not pressure with behavior pressure as in body touch uh, know what their horses likes know what their horse doesn't like and this is really important for when we talk to professional body workers when we talk to vets mm. um, and other people that are working with our horses so from my point of view when I go and see a client and that client has a little bit of knowledge I'm really chuffed. A lot of people don't like it. Yeah. Some people are like, you know, I don't want you to know. Yeah. But I really like, knowledge is power and it's really important. Mm. And if I say to the owner, are there any sore bits where you can't touch your horse? And they go, well, I don't know. I don't really touch it. I just, I just brush him when I ride him. Well, yeah. that pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> that actually, if they say, do you know what? He really struggles when I touch above the left wither, but the right one seems to be fine okay, that's already giving me a jigsaw piece puzzle. Mm. Do you know, you know? Yeah. So it's really, really important that we do understand our horses and our horses' bodies and, and, and what's, what's normal for your horse. Because, again, what's normal for your horse might be absolutely fine, but what's normal for your horse might not mm -hmm. be absolutely fine. So my horse always, when I put my right foot in the stirrup, my horse always turns his nose round for his treat. That's normal for your horse because you've trained that and mm. that's absolutely fine. <clears throat> my horse always bucks when he goes into the right canter, but not on the left. That's not fine. Yeah. So, but that's normal for your horse, mm. yeah? So it's those kinds of things. It's knowing all of that. And I think it's really empowering. And as... As a professional who works with vets, vets actually, most vets, if they're good vets, like it when you know. They like it when, because it's, you imagine, and vets get a lot of bad press, mm. and they're the highest, it's the highest, um, that their industry has got the highest suicide rate. Which is mad. Wow, that's, that's crazy. mad. Yeah. Because the animals can't talk. So they are investigating everything. So as soon as they turn up on that yard, they're firstly, their static observation skills have got to be really good. Mm. So they have got to look at that animal stood, work out what's going on. Then they have to movement. Then they've got the owner. And the owner could be over-exaggerating, could be under-exaggerating, yeah. could be lying even, could be 
um, you know, all sorts of things. And then they've got to palpate the animal, feel the animal, work out where the issues are. Mm -hmm. And then you might have somebody, an owner, and this is a really hot thing at the moment, the amount of hocks that are getting injected without even being x-rayed. And it's people, my owners will say to me, I just want the vet to come out and inject. And it's like, but the, but the vet needs to know what they're injecting. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but that's going to cost me another 500 quid. And I'm all 300 quid or 200 quid or whatever it is. And I'm just like, but you are doing your vet a disservice because that's not fair. You're only giving, and then if it doesn't work, they've injected yeah. it for nothing and it's the vet's fault. And that's not fair at all. Yeah. And, and so there's, it, it, for me, this course is about. I'm, I'm, I'm ranting. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just looking. Because yeah, I'm quite okay. passionate about it. Because vets do have a really hard job. Yeah. They have to work it all out. And horses, as we know, are very stoic. And you know, like for me, I've really, really started to realise the importance of body work. Not, I guess, before I thought. You know, it's so that they can move properly and not be in pain. But actually, that it goes so much deeper because now you have all this new research done by Stephen Porges on polyvagal theory, which we won't go into now, but it's how the mind and the body are connected mm. and the feedback. You know, you can work on the mind, but if the body is holding tension, that feedback loop that's going to the brain is saying, no, there's something wrong, there's something wrong. Mm. And will you can't get rid of that behaviour. So actually it's all integrated in behaviour as well. Absolutely all integrated. And it's so important. And also we riding horses. We're riding horses. That's pressure. That's carrying a, a heck of a lot of a backpack. And they're mm. not supposed to be ridden. And I spoke to a new client yesterday. Dear lady, gritted teeth. <laughs> and um, she's had the hocks injected of her, of her horse. I've asked for the vet report. I don't know whether they were x-rayed before. And she said, so is physio a thing for horses then? She said her horse five years. So can you help my horse then? And I was, I was just like, do you know what? I'm not going to be doing any harm, but you know, you, your horse is carrying you as a weight and you've had the hocks injected and you've never had the back checked. It's yeah. like, where have you been? Yeah. And I can't, you, sometimes and then and then I said how much I was and she said oh you better fix him and I just I was almost like well, do you know what I don't even want to come out no I know because, I would be the same I, I can because I'm starting halfway back as it is you know if you can't recognize that your horse carrying 10 11 stone of you all around wherever it is in the southwest doesn't need his back looking at you're a bloody loon, yeah. you know, come on, be fair, be fair. And it should be regular. And if we can, the thing is, it is expensive to have me out. It is expensive to have osteos out. It is expensive to have massage people out. Mm. I get that, but it is needed. But if we can get every horse owner to work out when it's needed, yeah, then that is brilliant. So I want our Patreons to be able to go, I know what that tissue feels like. It should feel like this, but today it doesn't. But it's been feeling like that for the last six weeks. So what's happened? Oh, you tripped. Oh, you did this. Oh, next day. Oh, you're looking a bit stiff. Right, okay. Now this is another jigsaw piece puzzle. I need to either speak to the vet. I need to either speak to my body worker. Do you see? Yeah, so yeah. it's empowering the horse owner. It's only going to be good for the horses <clears throat> and good for the horse owner. I completely agree. And that course, you know, that is all included in the Patreon membership. Like it's yes. just £10 a month and you get... I know. We're going to... I'm going to put on a behavioural series soon. So, you know, you're getting all of this for really good. And usually you pay 
to go on courses do that can we just talk a little bit about what we did on Saturday because it was so much fun and I just want to talk about someone we met so we did uh, CP- two people we met two people well, we met yeah two people, two. More people so we did a CPD day a continuing continual professional, professional development. development day um, with Clive as well didn't we and it was yeah. all about um, health and gut biome and, and behaviour which and we're going to do stuff. a podcast on too yeah and it um, and it was awesome and what we love about this is we get to meet loads of professionals don't we and um, we, one of the ladies I was just like blow my mind away well, and we're going to get her we're going to get her on the podcast so she does um, iridology which is the eyes looking at trauma through the eye so according to what she told me we carry you can see all the trauma in the body in the eyes and it yeah. comes up as little black spots Amazing. and stuff and i was just that blew me away so we're going to get her on the podcast oh, to talk about that see with my eyes that was super interesting wasn't it it was super interesting and also we have another lady it, that that is also waiting in the wings to come on which will yeah. be super cool but we need to get through past the vets with yes that. exactly yeah. we've got little hoops to jump through first yeah and also our lovely patreon vix came oh yeah we good. had a patreon in well she came to the um podiatry day too so she's awesome yeah she is very really cool. rocking it with her horses so it's yeah really good and she's obviously she's a she's um linked with Maisie too so yeah so it was it was a really really good day and again i recorded clive's sections of um his talk and they go up onto patreon so yeah they get yeah, so you even get like the cpd day stuff it's just you know you really get like some bang for your buck yeah, i think bang for, your buck. bang for your buck that could have gone wrong i know and i was like I, i'm pretty sure that's the saying um but it's nice because it's a community and it's you know you can message in you can comment like we're always there for support yeah. aren't we becky and it's really and also and one we're of doing our, Q&A, we're doing so. the q a's one of our patreons asked about saddles so in one of our episodes with greg glendall we talked about the heather moffitt saddles and one of the patreons said oh, i don't know anything about those saddles could you tell me more so i actually spoke to heather and she's coming on to do a podcast all about her saddles so yeah. you know another thing we're just givers we Gifters, are givers, givers. <laughs> we are givers and then we also have a visit coming up don't we so we're going to be talking, talking about, about that bridles and stuff yeah again bridles and other positive reinforcement trainers so yeah, yeah. tons going on so as come always. and join us come and join the party <clears throat> and if you can't <laughs> join the party go and play hide and seek with your horse because it's uber fun yeah <laughs> If you'd like to make contact with either Kate or myself, you can contact us via Facebook. We are Little Green Stables or Ecological Positive Partnerships. Or you can check me out, Becky, on my website, www.littlegreenstables.com. We'd really like to make our podcast interactive. So if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to discuss, then that would be great. So send us a message either via our website or via our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube channels. Thanks. Bye bye.